and welcome back to the Spook House. Doug, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing so good. The Zoloft is kicking. All right. The doses to 75. The serotonin's boosted. We're feeling a-okay. How are you feeling, my good friend? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm uh, sipping some tea over here. Just uh, having a nice, relaxing evening. Gonna talk about some some horror news. Just gonna have yeah. a nice, nice laid-back episode of the Spook House. Sip some tea. Talk some shit. Gonna be pretty loose. We're gonna try to have some ASMR energy, not be too loud, but the energy's gonna be up as usual. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. Hey, this is our first episode post-Halloween. So, yeah, well, we tried to record like five nights ago and we made it, oh, ten minutes into the episode. <laughs> and as cold sweat was pouring off the back of my knees and my back and my brain was just foggy as shit, I paused it at one point and I was like, Doug, uh, I don't know how to say this, but I can't fucking do this right now. <laughs> Yeah, you you couldn't focus at all. I felt I could tell in your face that you were having a rough time. <laughs> and you were just like zonked out, like looking around the room. Yeah, because you yeah. made a joke at one point and I was like, wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> You're like, hey, it was a joke. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally picked up on the sarcasm there. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, me and Phil had a huge argument about this episode. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> you, were, you were so concerned. <laughs> we do have the outtake somewhere, but maybe, maybe for funsies, we'll release that down the line if Phil wants to. Yeah, that was just a rough <laughs> night. And yeah, it took me a little while to come back around, but feeling pretty good now. Yeah, you and, suck uh, Steven Tyler's dick, and you are back in the saddle. Whoa. That All was right. a long way to get to uh, that uh, pun. You got okay. it? <laughs> there, were, there was a segue into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug, you are crazy. Crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> uh, you always rock my sweet emotions. I just can't get a grip on them. Oh, get a Okay. A little Aerosmith <laughs> talk. Yeah, ooh, ooh. Yeah, oh, oh, shit. Okay. Not a big fan of Aerosmith. Yeah, I mean, they got some they got some decent songs, but that's I I've never owned an Aerosmith album. Yeah, I think I think my dad owned Toys in the Attic when I was a kid and like he rarely played that, but I remember looking at the CD case. Here's a random piece of information. Uh, I was Spending time with my mom a few years ago, and somehow, after she had a few glasses of wine, she, somehow Aerosmith got brought up, and she was like, Steven Tyler, oh. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, you got a thing for Steven Tyler? Well, she was like, into? Lord, yes. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I've never heard that my mom, like, mention a celebrity crush or something like that i was like really steven tyler okay and if she wants to lick his skin off that is her prerogative to do that it probably doesn't taste very good <laughs> i remember me and my mom were watching the I oscars that. I, yeah you don't want to no. some it's it's weird when moms get sexual wow we're going down this route <laughs> <laughs> I, one time i texted my mom when we were both watching the oscars and uh 
I was like, Tessa Thompson could spit in my mouth. I texted her that because I like grossing her out and saying weird shit to her. And she texted me back saying, Michael B. Jordan can spit in mine. And I was like, all right, (laughs) that's enough. (laughs) We'll stop that right there. Thank you. Yeah, me and my mom don't have that kind of relationship. (laughs) So, but that's cool that you can just say gross shit to her. Uh, Yeah, she normally doesn't like it, but I do it anyway. Yeah. Well, let's get off of this topic really <laughs> fast. Um, Doug, do you want to go ahead and jump into the first news topic? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, there has been, even amongst the uh, strike that is still continuing, hopefully they learn to tighten up soon because we need stuff. We need stuff ready to rock and roll. Uh, but a lot of stuff in horror movie news uh, happened last week and a couple weeks ago. Uh, so the first one we got, uh, with the re-release of Terrifier 2 back in theaters, uh, was back in theaters for a Halloween season on November 1st, yep. uh, November 2nd, mm-hmm. uh, there was a Terrifier 3 teaser trailer attached to it with a release date of, uh, October 25th, 2024. I don't, I don't need to see a full trailer. It's Art the Clown during Christmas time. I'm in. Yeah, you know what? I'll probably skip this trailer. Or I don't know. We'll I'm sure we'll want to talk about it up here, but Yeah, so I fully agree. Like, okay. Terrifier at Christmas. Got it. I'll be there. Yeah, and I think this is what the horror world needs along with like the psychological slow burn like A24 type of movies and stuff like uh Barbarian, I would say is in the Terrifier wheelhouse too. Just like a solid modern day slasher. Like just, we don't need a fucking story for these types of movies. It doesn't feel too like shoehorned in with the story that they did in Terrifier 2 with Sienna and stuff like that. But like, you know what you're going into. It's going to be a slasher movie. That's what it is. Yeah. I don't understand the, why you just brought up A24 and those types of movies along with Terrifier. What was that connection there? Oh, I'm saying like, alongside oh alongside the, uh, i got it yeah okay. yeah because they're not they're totally different movies but yeah we need need a balance need a delicate balance we need movies that make us think which is awesome and yeah. then just the all-out crazy shit like um i mean we could talk about it like five nights at freddy freddy's made 78 million dollars at the box office but like just enough of these like it's like too soap opera-ish a lot of these horror movies, I feel like. Yes, um, I haven't seen that yet. We'll talk about that in a second. But um <clears throat> because that was another one of our news topics about Five Nights at Freddy's. But I guess I don't even have to ask what you want to see out of this movie. I mean, we just kind of want a straight up slasher. I mean, definitely you need some story there. I, I like the way they elevated everything in the second movie from the first because the first had like no story whatsoever it kind of felt like a prequel to this it was like it establishes art the clown as a ruthless killer and then you uncover more about his origin hopefully this movie shows that but they did they towed a delicate balance between interesting story wasn't too shoehorned in i felt like yeah and it was still balls out crazy like um for example i'll say 
the movie Haunt. Are you a fan of that movie? I feel like we've spoken about this before. I've only watched it once, like two or three years ago, and I enjoyed it, but kind of forgot about it. Yeah, it's. I would say forgettable is a good word for that movie, and a lot of people are into that movie. I watched it twice. I liked it better the second time around, but the the drama parts just didn't, the dramatic parts just didn't work for me. It was too soapy and it felt a little forced. And this was just like a good, interesting, like mystery in Terrifier 2. And it kind of left you hanging with that, with like what's going on with Sienna's dad. How is he connected to Art the Clown? Oh yeah, I forgot all that. Yeah, I was hoping that we were going to like get some explanation, but hey, there's Terrifier 3. Damien Leone's going to serve it up right. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, if Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus make an appearance, they might get, like, raped with an axe. <laughs> All right. that's Because you know they're going to up the ante in Terrifier 3. What do you think about it being a Christmas movie? Because the first two have been set on Halloween. I think Christmas is the second best holiday. And right up there with Halloween. So nothing makes people cozier. I agree with this too. Than a Christmas horror movie. We got some good ones. Because it kind of has the same atmosphere. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't had a good one in a while. That's for sure. I couldn't even tell you the last Christmas horror movie. Krampus? They even, I, I haven't seen that. What? I've never Why? seen. I, I was never interested in the trailer. It looked too goofy for me. Well, it like leaned heavily into the comedy, and I was like, I could skip this one. But I know a lot of people. I, I've heard good things about it. I just haven't gotten around to watching. It's good. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. Who directed it again? It's some like yeah, no the guy one, that did yeah. Trick or Treat, Michael. Doherty. There we go, Michael Doherty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta check it out. I liked, uh, I forgot the actor. He actually played, ironically, uh, he was in Harold and Kumar, and he was in the Santa Claus as the lead elf. I forgot his real name. He was Mm. Bernard the elf in Santa Claus. He's in Krampus. I don't know. (laughs) I have to, have to search for that. But Tony Collette's in it. Oh, all right. You sold me. Yeah. You sold me. I'm, I'm good on Tony Collette. Um, yeah, she has my same birthday, which I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, Krampus. Oh yeah, happy belated birthday, sir! Officially on the podcast. Oh, all right, and you hey. too. I don't think we did a episode where we wished you a happy birthday. I don't really remember. I don't remember either. But hey, happy birthday to us! Happy birthday to the both of us, Ginzos over here. Even couple though you're not of, Italian, cu- you're just Italian of by association. Scorpios up in here. Scorpio babies, rise up! <laughs> um. Yeah, are, uh, any more about Terrifier 3? I, you're obviously excited about it just as much as I am. I would say if if I were a, like a producer on this movie or something, I would maybe release it in like maybe November 25th or something instead of October. Yeah, you know I, I mean? guess Does they're it, kind doesn't of... Doesn't that feel a little off? A little bit? I don't think so because at the front, at the forefront, it's a horror movie. Yeah. And a lot of horror movies, I feel like, do well in October, especially uh, after Terrifier 2 came out October 8th and did, like, really fucking good. Uh, So they might just like that slot. 
They're probably looking at other movies coming out, maybe in December. It kind of doesn't want to compete with the big December movies. I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has to be box office related, but it's awesome that there's a set release for it and that they've been working on it. Like, we've been kind of thinking about it ever since Terrifier 2 came out. Like, oh, is there going to be something else? Uh, and they already have ideas cooking up. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. Now, do you think... Do you think it's going to make now with like the crazy promotion that Terrifier has gotten over the past? It's been a year since Terrifier two came out. Do you think it'll do gangbusters again at the box office? Because it's getting wide release now. I think even more so. Yeah, it has to, right? Yeah. yeah like it's like the little movie that could with like an axe in the fucking forefront of the train. There's yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Art the Clown is solidified as a classic horror villain at this point. I mean, Terrifier stuff is everywhere. Um, Go to any con, somebody dressed up as him. He's like yeah. reached that echelon of Freddy and Michael and Jason. You're absolutely right, sir. And I mean, obviously, da- uh, Damien Leone, uh, David Howard Thornton didn't play Art the Clown in All Hallows Eve. But that right. movie came out in 2015, so we were introduced to Art the Clown for, it's been almost 10 years, yeah, which is pretty wild. I mean, ter- the first Terrifier came out in 2017, and even that is pretty wild, because he's been in our world for a while, and he's just getting this recognition, uh, which is really cool, uh, because he is an, an iconic villain now, uh, and more people should, more directors and writers should strive to do what Damien Leone is creating. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of um, new characters come out of the horror world. I mean, you see a lot of good movies, but just thinking of like recent movies that we've talked about, you know, stuff like Talk to Me and um, that side of horror. It's great and all, but there's not like a character or an image you can latch on to. Exactly. And like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, Art the Clown is like, again, it's kind of like like Freddy Krueger mania probably was back in the 80s. Like Art is in Hot Topic. He has Funko Pops. He has shirt. It's everywhere. Literally everywhere. I'm glad that it's uh, just blowing up the way that it has. Yeah. It, Damien Leone is a talented dude, talented effects dude. He, you know, the movies are interesting. The dialogue is cool. Like, It's just a good old-fashioned throwback to some 80s slasher movies. Among other news that uh, you are super excited about... Yeah, hit uh, us with the next one, Doug. In in this thing, last week this broke, uh, David Robert Mitchell, uh, the director of It Follows, surprisingly announced a sequel to It Follows called They Follow, and he will be returning to direct, and Micah Monroe will also be returning in the lead role uh, and this is one of your favorites. So I'm sure you came at the sight of this post. This might be in my top five of at least definitely the last 10 years. If I had to make like a top 10 of all time favorite horror movies, I would put that one in there somewhere. You do talk about It Follows a disgusting amount. So I feel like it should be in there. Do I? You mention it a lot. Every time we talk about it. Huh. You just, I feel like you just love it a whole lot. 
I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I rewatched it last year and I want to rewatch it again soon. So anyways, yeah, I love it. I'm very excited. Um, now what, very- what, do, what do you think would be a justifiable sequel? What do you, what do you want to see? What do you want to happen and unfold? I don't even know because uh, the ending of the last one's very ambiguous. Um, I don't know, but I'm very intrigued because it's very rare that you see a sequel get announced like almost 10 years later by the same director, original star coming back. And I, I like that. It tells me that he's probably thought about this for a long time and wasn't just in a rush to put out a sequel. Um, I hope you're right. He hasn't done a horror movie since this. He did like Under the Silver Lake, which I never watched. Yeah, I'm not. I I rewatched it on your recommendation a couple months ago, and I still feel lukewarm about the movie. Um. I don't know. Again, I I wish I could be positive about this, but ten years later, I I really hope that he has a solid story in place. Um, I mean, there's always room for improvement. I think I think he could very much improve on the story that he did in the first one, kind of amp it up, like how like Reanimator was amazing, and Brighter Reanimator I think is just as good and goes like a little crazier towards the end climax. It could be something like that. Because when you put they in the title, it means uh-huh. many in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he just levels up on the uh, on the amount of how many dead entities are chasing them. Uh, I hope there's a little bit more explanation to the mystery. Because that's what I kind of was lost on in the first one. I was like, well... Especially when they did the the toaster oven in the pool, I was like, "Well, how did they get there? I want to see how they got." What there. is your of all the things in that movie? What is your beef with the toaster oven? I just thought it was stupid. <laughs> Why did you think it was stupid? Because I want to know how they fit. Like they didn't really show how they got there. Got where to figure out how? Like, oh, electricity could like affect them in some way and all that. Well, I mean, they are. I don't think it's poor writing or anything. So I'm I'm not going to say to I'm not going to try to excuse poor writing. They are high school kids though. And I could see them saying like, "Okay, we'll plug in a bunch of appliances, lure it into the pool, throw in the appliances, electrocute it, and try to kill it that way." I don't think that's the dumbest thing ever. Is I it just the wish most- there was more of an explanation as to why. Because they were just trying to think of ways that they could kill this thing. I mean, but it's, that's a dumb way to do it. It's a half-baked idea, I'll give you that, but it's not the worst idea ever. It's not the worst. I was just, I was when I was watching it both times, I was just like, this is, st- I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me as to why they would think to do that unless they figured out somehow that it got touched with electricity and gets hurt or something. I'm, I looking, I mean, I'm, well, I, they, I'm willing to, you know, I want to give it a chance. I mean, it's filmed beautifully and the soundtrack is beautiful. Uh, 
acting was fine. I like Keir Gilchrist. I like uh, Micah Monroe. I thought the beginning of the movie worked better for me. I wish there were a little more like uh, scares, maybe a little less uh, like the CGI eyeballs, like when the dude walking through the bedroom or whatever, like the tall dude. Oh, I love that part. Uh, that was like, <laughs> that's just, that's All just right. <laughs> I mean, we are going to disagree on this one. I love it. I, I don't want him to see it to see the director, like ramp it up too much and go crazy because I love the subdued slow burn nature of that movie. I love how quiet it is at points. It doesn't rush itself. Um, it just definitely a, doesn't know. It do- doesn't rush. I feel like the pacing in that movie was solid. I love it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, you're not your alone, opinion? Bill. You're not alone. I, I'm sure some people. Okay, here's. <laughs> so when when the movie was announced, I was like, I was looking through the comments on um, Neon's post, and much like Talk to Me too, I was like, where are they at? Where's the guy that's like, this is bullshit. Just leave the movie alone. Just talk to me. This is. But yeah, I know that happened on talk to me when they announced the prequel or whatever. And I was like, where's that guy at? Where is he? And I was like, oh, shit, there's not a single negative comment up here. People really love that movie. And then I saw my my dear friend who I love very much. I saw Doug's Instagram story. (laughs) Do we really need this? I was like, you motherfucker. And I messaged it to you and I said, get ready to come because I knew you were going to be the most excited about it. So I'm not completely writing it off. I'm I want to see a good movie. I could potentially like the sequel more than the first one. I'm I don't think it's a bad movie. It just bored me to death. So why would you why would you say do we really need this? Because I could understand if. The the headline was David Robert Mitchell sells the rights to Hulu and they're going to produce a new series based on It Follows. Or, you know, there's a million different ways that a sequel could go wrong. But I really struggle with the original director coming back with the original star almost 10 years later. I just don't see how that's an unnecessary thing. I just don't want it to be a cash grab. I don't want it to be like, because he hasn't done anything since like 2017. And he was like, well, I might as well go back to the well and do it. I hope it's not that. And then like, because it it is a, I think it, the film has a beginning, middle and end. It's ambiguous, kind of leaves you guessing. And then they're mm -hmm. just going to continue it. I kind of, I don't want it to undermine what the first one did because I know it is so beloved. And when you kind of stretch out the story, I just hope that it is as good as people think the first one is. Yeah. But for all those reasons, like same director, 10 years later, all those signs point to, this is something he's taking his time with. I highly doubt it's for any financial reasons. I mean, is he going to make money from it? Of course. Every movie does. Well, most of every movie, but yeah, I'm just very intrigued and, I really hope Disaster Piece comes back for the soundtrack, for the score of the movie. I feel like they would have to. 
Yeah. It's the ultimate marriage between uh, film and music. You know, I was thinking, um, I think that movie, which came out 2015, I would say that, The Witch, and maybe Get Out are like the big three that sort of kick-started this sort of horror renaissance in a way. Call it elevated or alternative, whatever label you want to put on it that we're living in now with movies like Talk to Me and Hereditary. And just yes, yeah, I really can't. Uh, I can't argue with you there. It's a fucking classic. I love it. I might watch it tonight. So you should, if you want to fall dog. asleep and give yourself a nice lullaby, it's, it's perfect for that. Oh, uh, yeah. I know how you are. Hey. Something fucking happened already. This movie's fucking boring. <laughs> I was throwing fucking breadsticks at the screen. Like, come on, get on with it. Oh god, yeah. They need a couple Give of wise the man guys AIDS already. A couple of wise guys to show up with baseball bets. What do you think this movie's fucking funny? Hey, you gonna follow me around? Come here, wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me crack a bottle over your stupid Italian head. I'll teach you to follow somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow it up with a baseball bat. Here you go, sweetie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. Get out the witch and it follows. I, I think those are the witch had a big impact and get out had a superior impact and it follows did have a big impact, too. Yeah, it's kind of like the changing of the tide with like the certain tone. Yeah, because like the five years leading up to that. I mean, even personally, I was just sort of, I mean, I've always loved horror movies and everything, but I wasn't as like finger on the pulse of everything that's coming out because nothing that great was really coming out. So it was nope. like, why even, why bother? Even in like in 2013, I mean, I remember the Evil Dead remake came out then. I don't even remember what original horror movies came out in 2013, really. And then 2014 was like the Babadook, and then 2015 it follows, and then the Witch, and Get Out. I'd put you could argue the Babadook had played a part in that as well. Definitely has the same tone as the other movies, and then I think I mean Jordan Peele with Get Out, that was like a big change. I think how people viewed horror movies, especially in the mainstream, because it was smart and. The witch was even smart. That like folklore type of setting, like God, I love that movie so much. I need to watch it again. I haven't Oof. seen it in a while, just because that like type of dialect like fucks up my head. I'm like, I gotta watch it with subtitles. Crucial, yeah, crucial yeah. That's where subtitles. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, the first time I ever watched that, I made it like ten minutes in, and I was like, I like this, but I can't understand a fucking word they're saying. And I restarted it with subtitles. So every time I watch that, I watch it that way, and I think that helps. That's on, that's on the docket. Definitely going to do that, uh, because Robert Eggers is genius with the camera. And where the fuck is Nosferatu? Where is it at? I don't know. I don't know I if don't it's know a writer's strike. <laughs> You just shut your mouth. I mean, any anything by Robert Eggers. I mean, there's certain directors where they're not just going to phone in something. Robert Eggers is not that guy with how meticulous he is with all of the detail in his movies. No, you're right. I I just wasn't a big fan of The Lighthouse. Were you a fan of The Lighthouse? 
I only watched it once and narratively it was not my favorite, kind of hard to follow, but everything else, I mean, it's an amazing movie. Acting, the way it's oh. shot, like everything is great. But by the end of it, I was like, well, that was a lot of fun to look at and experience, but I wouldn't say I'm dying to rewatch it. Maybe yeah. I should. It, I think it deserves a rewatch. I've only seen it once too. And it's one of those things where like, I feel like for those actors, it was more of like, I mean, they could have been attached to the story, which is cool, but it just seemed like more of like an acting exercise because Robert Pattinson has never really done something like that before. And maybe, um, Willem Dafoe saw something in it that he loved. Uh, I get, like I said, acting was incredible. They're both really great actors. If you haven't seen good time with Robert Pattinson, I would watch that. I've been meaning to actually. It's on HBO max. Oh, um, or Paramount plus. I always get those confused. I thought you were about to say twilight. (laughs) You already watched twilight. So I recently watched every (laughs) Twilight movie, all five of them, wasn't really my choice, but I was like, you know what? Why not? And um, you got to make your woman happy. And you know what? Dude, the the dialogue and everything is there are some truly bizarre (laughs) fucking moments, which but it kind of in an endearing way. It's like, oh, I see why this is a nostalgic watch for people. Um. They're very easy to follow, like to a fault, I would say. Stephanie Meyer, I don't know if she's like a seventh grader or something, but that's what it feels like with some of the dialogue. It's like, who the (laughs) fuck wrote this? And Stephanie Meyer's Mormon, so there's like a lot of Mormon uh, type of stuff injected into the the movies, but they were an experience, that's for sure. That's why, yeah, I haven't got into Twilight, uh, but I'm not opposed to. I know it's a whole experience like you said it's something it's something that you need to like strap in and just like suspend all disbelief because you're gonna see something borderline insane uh because twilight has a huge fan base and robert pattinson even said he took the role because he hated the character that's why he plays it so like brooding and dark because he just hates this guy (laughs) oh he deserved so much better and kristen stewart as well you can just you can almost see them like dying inside for some of these lines that they have to say that ruined. Honestly, I won't say it fully ruined their careers, but they are plagued by being in those twilight movies because for years, Robert Pattinson was a laughing stock and the man can act. He's a fucking incredible actor. Yeah. Uh, between water for elephants and good time and just trying to break out of, being oh Edward T- uh, Edward whatever is gonna be fuck Edward Scissorhands what's his name Edward Cullen <laughs> Edward Cullen is gonna be Batman fucking Pansy it's like no like the dude can act Kristen Stewart I don't know I don't think she's in- too impressive in anything that I've seen her in but she was in Spencer and stuff like that so she's got something to offer but that was yeah. just that was just something Taylor Lautner where the fuck has he been oh dude he can. <sighs> It's not just a source material with him. <laughs> I don't think. Bless his heart. That boy can't act worth a shit. I heard uh, <laughs> I heard Chick-fil-A is hiring if he's looking. I'm sure he's doing just well from just residuals. Also residuals? That, yeah, I don't know. I, he is not winning any Oscars soon, I'll tell you that. 
Oh, what? He's never even heard of that name before. He's not stepping foot in that building. <laughs> um, but it follows. Very oh, yeah. excited for it. Uh, Very excited. So we have a couple of other things on here. I'm trying to pick out which is. I was ready to talk about Twilight for like ten more Twilight. minutes. But we, can, we can I wish on. I I wish I could join in. I'm hype. You could we could hold. Do we could do a whole Twilight uh, recap? Hey, if you watch them, I'll do it. I'm down. I I know some of the main plot points that happen. I just want to, you know, like not saying it's necessarily shitty, but like again, it's kind of. I feel like you have to watch it like the room. Like, it's just, like, sort ridiculous. Of. Yeah. In most scenes where you're just, like, pfft, like, you just have to laugh at it. Like, this was written and put on the screen and executed this way. Right. And we have cinema. You also have to think about who the movies were intended for. Not us. <laughs> you know, 13-year-old girls. Um, But, I mean, that's not to say that only a young crowd can find enjoyment in them. Oh, no, I'm, absolutely not. Yeah. The fifth one, actually, the fight scene at the the end of the fifth one was pretty fucking good. I was like, I was kind of hyped. <laughs> when they were like doing like their big battle scene. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Was the fifth one the last movie or is there? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Five. All right. That got to end with a bang. The fourth one was abysmally boring. That's the one where it's all about um, Bella getting pregnant with edward's baby and it's only about that the whole time okay fucking painful to watch and i know taylor lautner's character wants to fuck it or something um (laughs) (laughs) fuck what the baby oh god doug no he doesn't want to (laughs) doesn't he want to like is doesn't he fall in love with bella's child or something no it's something oh god I had this explained to me, but he essentially is like the protector of Bella's baby. Yeah. And he like sniffed her or something. And now he like can't he, get away. He from her. imprinted. On there you the go. Baby. Imprinted. Yes. I don't know. He doesn't want to fuck the baby. That's how uh, I got explained. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. All right. Next news topic. What you got? All right. Doug? So it follows. Yay. Oh, um, shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> that was a non-sarcastic yay. Um, I think this one is good enough to talk about just because of the cast and everyone involved. Uh, there is this movie that A24 is producing uh, called Death of a Unicorn, starring Jenna Ortega and Paul Rudd, uh, directed by Alex Sharfman. Uh, also gonna have Tia Leone, who's a great actress. Uh, Will Poulter, who's also great. Anthony Carrigan, also awesome, who is in uh, Barry as um, NoHo Hank. Uh, John Carpenter is going to score this movie. Hell yes. What a fucking marriage of everything. Like, this movie is too good to even fail. Like, it's already interesting without knowing the plot whatsoever. It's kind of like a dark comedy is what I'm getting from it. And in the movie... Jenna Ortega and Paul Rudd are on a trip and they hit a unit hit and do a hit and run and hit a unicorn. On a unicorn. Yeah. So that's all I don't want to know again. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, 
What? I'm intrigued already. Yeah, that's all. I don't even give a fuck if it's like a romantic underwater comedy. But those names attached, I'm ready for whatever. <laughs> yeah, underwater comedy. <laughs> like remake of Waterworld. It could be whatever. Uh, shape of Water. The Shape of Carpenter. I'm excited <laughs> for John Carpenter to just be doing new things. Yeah, he's been a little more active lately. Yeah, with Suburban Screams, I haven't really checked out that... Uh, I mean, he only directed one episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really too hot on giving it a shot other than, like, that episode. I mean, compared to, like, just smoking weed and watching Lakers basketball games, <laughs> he's been more active. <laughs> yeah, someone put a spark under him. They're lighting that wrinkled ass on fire. Must be... Um... I don't know. Must have found, I don't know which strain of weed gives you energy, but sativa, bruh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go with the uh, roasted red pepper candy cane strain. You gotta find the right strain, dude. Yeah, it's just like all about the certain follicles that are in the bag. Of, you know, the bag needs to be made out of <laughs> Hawaiian sand to really want coat. Do you want to have a subdued or an energetic panic attack? (laughs) You know, you could either take two minutes to call urgent care or five hours. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so John Carpenter, uh, it's cool that him and Jenna Ortega are on a project together. And Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd. There's a Halloween connection. And I got to throw it out there, a little Halloween 6 connection. There we go, baby. John Carpenter, a little Paul Rudd. I don't know if John Carpenter uh, even wants anything to do with the curse of Michael Myers. Probably not, but (laughs) it's the first thing I thought of when I saw the news. Still a fun connection. Uh, I think think Jenna Ortega picks her roles very carefully. So it's going to be interesting to see what else she does to kind of stray away from like the big... uh, the big Wednesday impact, like the franchise characters and stuff like that. Like Beetlejuice will come out by then. Beetlejuice 2. Um, Scream 8? Wait, uh, Scream 7? Scream stop. That's what it should be. Scream. Pump the brakes. I had to think about it. Scream 7. Yeah. 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 Scream fucking 7. Unlucky number. I wouldn't be surprised if she's even in that. Just kill her off. Take her out to pasture. And you know what? I can't believe that we don't have any updated news for that. I guess since it's a bigger studio that they're kind of tied down to doing things from uh from the strike. Yeah, that's true. Um it seems like movie news is coming out, so I don't really know how the fuck this is happening. <laughs> I know there yeah. are some interim agreements with like A24, so obviously those movies are being talked about. Uh Hunger Games just got a pass from the studio to promote their movie. Um so I don't know what the fuck the rules are. I don't think anyone else does. But um yeah, there's really no release date for this movie. Uh, it's going to come out in 2024. But I'm pumped for it. There's really nothing else more to say about it other than uh, it's a stack cast. Yeah. Paul Rudd, John Carpenter, Jen Ortega, Unicorns, 824. You got Fuck us. yeah. That, that's all we need, maybe. Um, what else you got, Doug? This I found. Well, I guess we can mention this since it is an upcoming movie. Uh, Eli Roth's new movie. Thanksgiving, right? It's called Thanksgiving. Yeah, that comes out a couple like weeks, a couple I think. A couple weeks, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, probably is getting a limited release. I don't think it's going wide. Uh, but when the, when is the last time Eli Roth made a movie? I don't even know. And like, um, I didn't realize he was touted as such like a king of horror because he's only made like a handful of movies. He made Cabin Fever. He's made Hostel. I never, saw a gr- I never saw Green Inferno. Green Inferno, that's he, the other one. I don't think he directed Clown. I think Wait, he just no, produced- was it Green Inferno? I think you're thinking of something else, or am I thinking of something else? No, he... Hang on, we'll double check this. I'm pretty sure he directed Green Inferno. It's though. the one with the cannibals, right? Yeah, it was essentially Cannibal Holocaust. You're, you're right, never mind. I'm thinking of green, The Green Room, or something like that. Oh, have you seen Green Room? Yes, recently. I watched Ooh, it last year. So good. Really good. Yeah. Rest in peace to uh, Anton Yelgin. Amen, brother. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah, he directed Green Inferno in 2013. Okay. I never saw it. Me neither. I hear it's uh, I hear it's pretty good. I, I like Eli Roth's like gore factor. Like His sense of gore is really fun to watch in inventive ways and hostile. Yeah, and I really like him as a person, too. You can tell he's a huge horror fan. Oh, absolutely. And he has one of the best roles in in my eyes, the best Quentin Tarantino movie of all time in Glorious Bastards <laughs> as Donnie Donowitz. <laughs> I think there's a case to be made that that's his best best movie. In Glorious Bastards? It's my favorite. I it, it sure I ain't um what was that last one he did? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think you, that What did you think of that movie? I didn't honestly didn't even finish it. I was very, very uninterested and bored. Same. I mean, I, I finished it, but I was like, I have never felt this way watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. No, I was not so at all. let down. Yeah, but ever so many people. I mean, it won awards. Yeah, Brad Pitt. They said it was incredible in it. Leonardo DiCaprio and again, stack cast. Cindy Sweeney's in it. Maya Hawke's in it. Margot Robbie's in it. I I, yeah. I it didn't get me. I think maybe we feel the same way about it, but yeah, definitely. And the whole Charles Manson thing, like that's a cool angle. But again, I like that Quentin Tarantino decides to rewrite history, you know, with Inglorious Bastards. But this one, I don't know, not not for me. Yeah. Um, but Eli Roth's Thanksgiving <laughs> finally coming out with a new slasher. What do you think about them apples or seen- turkeys? <laughs> What do you think about them giblets? <laughs> um, I was hoping that he was going to go more in theme with the original trailer that he released. Um, speaking of Quentin Tarantino with uh, Grindhouse. Yes. You know, it was very campy and throwback. This looks kind of like kind of polished and I don't know, just the aesthetic of the movie. Uh, it doesn't have that grindhouse look to it which i was kind of hoping for but i might go see it yeah i'm kind of interested in seeing what he's bringing to the table pun intended is it going to be gravy is it going to be be a pile of shit i don't even know what the hell that is (laughs) it sounds like twisted's album most tasteless in 1998 sorry i just had a random (laughs) jar of molasses on my table We'll put a poll out to see who actually knows what the fuck that is. 
So, I thought I thought you embalmed dead animals in it. Yeah, I was telling Doug earlier that I'm cooking something right now, and I was like, yeah, I put a little bit of molasses in it. He was like, isn't that what they embalm dead animals with? I was like, you New York motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Never heard. I know Raekwon and Rick Ross have a song called Molasses. I always thought you keep, like, you know, double-headed pigeons stuffed in a jar with molasses. <laughs> Again, I think I'm confusing it with formaldehyde, but I thought molasses was borderline the same thing. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what you put, like, pigeon heads. Like dead or rats or something? I thought it was formaldehyde. I don't know. It might be. <laughs> well, molasses just sounds disgusting. It's good. It's molasses. Uh, it's just... It's good on biscuits. It's a southern thing. I mean, I grew up... Wow eating molasses all the time yeah i would never go to a diner and be like let me get a side of molasses i mean i don't do that either but (laughs) you eat i don't trust you you eat mayonnaise and bananas (laughs) mayonnaise banana sandwiches the fuck out of here which we were gonna do when we were in california like me and john talked about it we all talked about it and doug was like fine i'll do it (laughs) and i was like well we gotta film it to like we, we gotta put this out there and we were going to and we just forgot i feel like you let us forget maybe um you were like hey what's up with that yeah i I wasn't gonna volunteer myself if you guys (laughs) forgot but (laughs) kind of both but i'll do i'll do it when i come up in may all right for fear fest yeah they just announced a guest i think the other day yeah dude from scary movie (laughs) where uh i found a shoe where's the foot my favorite (laughs) lines from the movie (laughs) Bobby's you re- got you a baby watched dick that movie too? the other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's got a baby dick too. <laughs> such a good, such a good movie. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm I, I, sorry. I, no, yeah, no, no, I rewatch I rewatch Scary Movie for the first time in probably fifteen years the other night, and I was texting you the whole time through it. I was like, dude, I forgot how fucking funny this movie is. Dude, I saw that shit in the theater. By looking up times in a newspaper. That's how fucking old that movie is. That shit came out in 2000. It is literally 23 years old. Such a... I don't think that movie gets... Maybe in our world it gets a lot of love. But goddamn, That is such a good... But it's hit after hit. Joke after joke. It's so... Yeah. Even Scary Movie 2 is really funny. And Scary Movie 3. I'll, I'll defend Scary Movie 3. Yeah, Scary Movie 2 isn't as good as the first one i think because i just rewatched that one too i think it holds up to the first one but the first one is i would say it's superior i like some of the um more of the deadpan humor in the first one like when the sheriff is asking cindy to look over pictures and it's him in a bikini oh yeah yeah (laughs) he's just like plays it straight the whole time he's like like, nothing anything (laughs) take another look at this no Okay. <laughs> and the music is so serious in the background. It's it's yeah. so good. It's great. The Bring Wayne, back the Wayne spoof Brothers movies, please. It, it's the last spoof movie I think came out was Epic Movie and no one wants that. Yeah. But, Anyways, um, uh what's the next news topic? I know we yeah. just talked about Thanksgiving. We'll both watch it. And yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. Um Yeah. I'm pumped uh to see what Eli Roth has to offer. Um I think it'll be a fun slasher which we need more of precisely. And Hey, like you said, original horror icons, 
I don't know. Maybe we, if it does well and it's a good enough slasher movie and he's kind of, I mean, it, the villain does look cool in it. Kind of very pilgrim looking. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a Thanksgiving slasher movie besides like Blood Rage. Uh, we don't but, have a lot of good Thanksgiving movies anyway, other than Son-in-Law. Planes, and Trains, and Automobiles. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, my One of my favorites uh, of all time. Um, I found this story to be interesting. I completely forgot about this. I didn't know how down the pipeline finished it was. But uh, so Warner Brothers uh, did a Salem's Lot reboot that was directed by Gary Dauberman, who did a lot of abysmal movies. Uh, the Curse of La Llorona, a lot of the Conjuring spinoff stuff. Hmm. Not great stuff, like Insidious, The Last Key, uh, The Nun. Um, oh. So, amid, amidst the, is that how you say that word? Amid, amidst? Amidst. Amidst. Yeah, there's a D in there. Amidst. Yeah, I, I couldn't get that. Now, I'm, now I can't say it. Okay. It's like a black sheep. That's a funny word. Roads. 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 Usually when I pull people over, they pull over on the shoulder. All right, just stay cool. We just got to go the limit. Limit. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Another classic movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Gary Busey's crazy ass. <laughs> yeah. I think I want to watch that tonight. Shooting, smoking, snorting. <laughs> Ah, horseshit. Horseshit. Kill Whitey. So good. Um, but yeah, so the Warner Brothers Salem's Lot reboot <laughs> among the SAG after strike. Uh, it is going to be straight to streaming now. Um, and Stephen King, I don't know if he's getting paid to say it, but he tweeted something about the movie saying it's shelved and he wish it would have came out in theaters. And he said that he's into it. It has really good atmosphere. And it's solid. So, I don't know. Do you like the original Salem's Lot? Is it up there for you? You know what? I have never seen the original Salem's Lot. Okay. Or Return to Salem's Lot. I never saw Return to Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, again, another It's a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like a it kind of thing um, Mm. where it's like couple out like three hours long or something but you know what maybe that's why i did i started to watch it it's probably still in my vcr in my bedroom i made it like halfway through and i just fell asleep i forgot to finish it yeah it's very long uh very creepy um i don't know i don't have a lot of faith in gary dauberman with his track record um I kind of wish it was coming out in theaters because I, th- I think that just always elevates a movie experience uh, watching it on the big screen. But I don't know. I'm curious because I think of all movies, Salem's Lot could use an update. Um, Not mad about that. Yeah, but sure. yeah, I think more vampire movies are always good. I, I, I just hope that the team that they chose does right by it. And, you know, John Carpenter is kind of open about not giving a shit about the Halloween movies. After the first one, he just collects paycheck. Stephen King, he's said some good things about, you know, remakes of his movie, uh, movies. So we'll see how it actually is. I'm not sure of the release date on that, but we keep an eye on it. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to add. Uh, maybe I'll finish Salem's lot tonight. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, James Wan is producing it. Um, I, gotta, I gotta finish that so I can watch Deadly Friend. Yeah, baby! Doug sent me for my birthday. That's Appreciate right, that's that. right. Yeah, it was kind of weird how we both... Uh, we still haven't seen that. I think it's the only Wes Craven movie I haven't seen. Um, There's another yeah. one out there that I haven't seen, but I completely forgot the name of it, and I'll I'll see it if I look up his IMDb. You've seen Red Eye, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty the movie's good. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. What'd you say? It's a good thriller. It was fun. 2005, Rachel McAdams, solid, uh, solid entry. It definitely different for uh, Wes Craven. Uh, kind of more mainstream. Uh, stretching the stretching the skills. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I always get that movie, I don't know why, confused with uh, Panic Room. I think it was made around the same time. Uh, yeah, Panic Room was like 2002, I believe. Oh, okay, a couple of years Somewhere earlier. Somewhere around there. I haven't Anyways. seen, I saw parts of it. i never seen the full thing. Um, But yeah, that's Salem's Lot. Uh, see what else we got here. Uh, we could talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, if you if you want to talk about that, I still haven't seen it. It did well at the box office, so seventy eight good mil. for Five Nights at Freddy's. But I did you hear what happened this weekend? Super sharp drop off, seventy two percent drop. Wow! I think they made a mistake by putting it on streaming. They didn't realize how big it was going to be. Yeah, that's true. And also, I don't think I've seen a single person rave about the movie. I've I've heard it's fucking boring and horrible all the way up to that's eh, pretty good. Yeah. I haven't I, heard anything above that. I'm curious to see what you would think. I think it's worth the watch. I didn't hate it when I watched it. Um, I forgot. I watched when evil lurks the day before, which we will talk about Ooh, because well. what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> and then going from that for five nights at Freddy, I was, I was going in expecting nothing. So maybe yeah. that was why I, you know, I liked the story. I think it could have been worse. Uh, there was some mystery surrounding, uh, like the main character. Uh, I like Josh Hutcherson. I think it was a good performance. Matthew Lillard put on a good performance. I forgot the actress and the little girl. Both of them put on a good performance. But again, just very, very low budget, low stakes. Not really a lot of hardcore. Again, PG thirteen, you can't go that crazy. Uh, but it, again, just hollow atmosphere. Uh, uh if you want to watch, sucks. yeah, it was. I just don't think, and the director really didn't do much either beforehand. It's kind of just short films and stuff like that. It wasn't bad, but I wouldn't say it's great or it's. It's a fine way to spend an hour and a half. Would you recommend it over, um, fuck, what's that movie I watched the other day while I was sick as shit? The Alien movie? Yes. No One Will Save You? Highly recommend it over, fucking, compared to No One Can Save You, it's Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, that movie was a pile bad. of horse shit. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I hated it. I hated every second of that movie. Yeah, I mean, uh. I was like, just end already. Like, just stop. It kept going. It kept just, going. Yeah. I checked. I never usually check the time 
when a movie's like, you know, how long do I got? But I checked it and I was like, there's 50 minutes left? What else can they do? Nothing's happened. <laughs> Again. Yeah, it's uh, Home Alone with Aliens, it, basically. Bold take. I'll give them that. Very bold. But ultimately didn't land for me. I, I did That's, not buy. It had some good ideas, but it had some good moments and concepts, but overall, eh. Just, the aliens were weak. They could have killed her in literally the first scene. Yeah, and you saw way too much of the aliens. The CGI aliens. Yeah, just, yeah. And then they were like like kind of like Donnie from the Wild Thornberries, just like running around in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden she's like Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Tasmanian <laughs> devil around the fucking kitchen and everything. I was like, alright, like and then she's just watching the dead body of an alien float away. It's like, I don't know. Not, again, suspension of disbelief. But I was just like this. Yeah. Nothing makes sense in this movie. It's It was just boring. Again, the aliens show like don't kill her because of her past. And she accidentally killed your best friend. It's like, what? Who? Why? 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 <laughs> All right. So not glowing recommendations of no one will save you. No, no, no. No one will save you from that pile of shit movie. Um, so we both watched that. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. I think if you have nothing to do, throw it on. <laughs> All right. Matthew Lillard's fun in it. Um, I'll probably just keep watching Ink Master. I've been blasting through Ink Master. It's a fun show to watch. Call me what you want. I love a good competition show. Shark Tank is my favorite show. One of mine. Uh, I love fucking Shark Tank. But do you, I do too. Do you I like got to catch up show? on some Shark Tank. Yeah, they have the new the new ones out in uh on Hulu right now. Uh, some good ones. I don't know why some seasons are like not there. Over the pandemic, yeah. I bought two seasons that weren't on Hulu because I was like, <laughs> I need Shark Tank. I rewatched Shark Tank seasons like one through nine. I think like five times. Just run it back every time. Damn. I fucking I love Shark Tank. Uh, nice, and the good thing about it is that you kind of forget what happens. Uh, but yeah, do you watch the the baking shows, like the those competition shows, or yeah, some of them. Um, did you ever watch Halloween Wars? No, it was like, oh, that one's good. I can't do those style of competition shows because it's very formulaic, and especially with the food ones, I get too hungry. Like I salivate, and I get frustrated <laughs> that I can't have what they're making. So I just don't watch it. Yeah, I'll watch a competition show about anything. All right, what's the next news topic? But uh, I think that's it for the... There's two more, but I I feel like we're an hour in. We should talk about the movies that we watch. The It thing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It and then the uh, movie that Nick Pozzolito is making. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, When Evil Lurks. We need right, to get into we, that movie. Okay, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Did you see this in theaters? No, I couldn't oh, find Oh, that's the right. Theater. You waited till it came out on Shutter. Yeah. I saw it like a week before you in the theaters. And I didn't know what to expect. I saw the the trailer like a month ago. Didn't give a whole lot away. It was just the guy driving down the road with his headlights off and you see a lady standing in the street and that's it. So I was like, okay, well I don't, I saw that. I like the director's first movie terrified. 
I've seen good reviews. Let's go see it. And holy shit, I was not. I mean, it takes a lot for a movie to like make me go, oh shit. Like <laughs> this movie, this movie's not playing. This movie doesn't give a shit. Nah, there were no strings. I think they killed everyone at the studio, every executive, and they were just doing what the fuck they wanted the entire time. Uh, you texted me after you got out of the theater and was like, Ashley has never seen me with my mouth and like eyes wide open or like ha- react to like this movie like that or any movie. <laughs> Yeah, she said she looked over at one point and my eyes were just like bulging out of my head because of uh, one particular scene. I don't want to. Let's see. No spoilers. Yeah, I th- I think if you I think if people are listening to this and haven't seen the movie. Watch it. It is it is incredible. So I guess no spoilers. Yeah, well, tell you what. Pause this episode because this is the end of the episode. So from here on out, we're just going to talk about when evil lurks. You can watch it on Shutter, and then come back to this because Perfect. I don't trust that we can't <laughs> not give away. Spoilers. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> so you have been warned. We would from go off on, on blind tangents. From here on out, we might slip in some spoilers. So. The scene I'm talking about, of course, is the the scene with the dog. I mean, dude, the way that that's the scene I was telling you about when I called you and I, I wanted to I didn't even I was like, don't say the word dog. Don't say anything. I was like, there's one scene in that movie that is a masterclass of suspense and tension and just it's like just boiling over. And like you, you see the dog. He sniffs the clothes. You're like, okay, why do they keep showing the dog? Why is that little girl standing by the dog? And the parents are fighting. And it keeps cutting back. And I'm like, something bad is about to happen. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> and when that fucking dog chops on that girl, I was like, fuck. Like, no. What is? You can't do that. Are, are movies allowed to do that? No, <laughs> dude. I I 150% agree with you in that moment. You know, it's, there's such frantic energy in that scene because you're kind of still learning the rules of this movie and how it deals with possession. So you kind of don't know who's going to be possessed. How can you get possessed? What's going to happen? They kind of go through that throughout the movie. And then this is kind of in the beginning, beginning stages of the movie. So, and usually when you see a dog in a horror movie, you think they're going to die. So as soon as I see the dog, I'm like, don't tell me they're going to kill this cute dog. <clears throat> yeah. They did the complete opposite, at least in that moment. And dude, I could almost see like, all right, you saw that gigantic dog have that girl's whole head in his mouth. Yeah. And then they pan over it. to the parents. Once the sun is like the dog's attacking her. Yeah. I did not expect to see that little girl getting ragdolled. Oh yeah. I was like, I looked to an imaginary person was like, Oh my God. I was like looking around (laughs) for confirmation (laughs) as to what I just saw. I was like, Holy shit. Dude. And that whole entire scene is just frenetic. And 
you're basically learning that, like, obviously the demon can jump from host to host very quickly. And yeah. they, yeah, the the dad is chasing after the dog and the, uh, the dad that we're following is chasing after him because he understands what's going on. And then that whole like domino effect of the scene, like you have the dog biting the girl. Then you have the girl becoming the little girl becoming possessed. The dog drags the girl away. Jesus, dude. Just Matt. First of all, master class of practical effects in this movie. Yeah. Between the uh, the first host of the demon, like the main Ugh, demon, the dude. filthy, pus-filled, was... piss-stained, just nasty. Real nasty. I felt, I felt like I could smell that room. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even there. It was kind of almost like um, how when you watch the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you just feel greasy yeah. from the way Toby Hooper really gets down and dirty in the mud and the grass. Felt really like that. Um, and then just story-wise, it was interesting the whole way through, and then it just kept getting more fucked up, like, with the, uh, again, this is spoilers, so, when they go after his ex-wife, and the ex-wife is now possessed by the demon, and he takes, uh, she takes the, one of the sons, one of the kids is autistic, that's already a recipe for what, why, please God, something bad is going to yeah. happen to this kid. Uh, but she takes the son that's not autistic and one of the brothers goes out to look for her. And no, it was a little girl, right? Wasn't a little girl or maybe I'm mistaken. Um, No, I could have sworn it was the two sons, the little okay, boy and be. the other autistic boy. Yeah, we'll say it is. I think you're right. Yeah, I think the. Girl, no, yeah, because both the girl, the ex-wife and the daughter got hit by the car by the stepdad. Did the girl get hit too? They both got hit and both tumbled over the car. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was okay. fucking crazy taxi in front of that house. So, yeah, when that possessed lady is walking down the street and the brother is following her in the car. Very eerie scene because no one's on the road and he's following behind her and she's just walking. No feet. No feet. No, she definitely has feet. No shoes. <laughs> yeah. And it, no one's on the road. It's just dark. And mm -hmm. go on. Yeah. And said you see that. her scooping brains out of the kid. It's like, God damn. Yeah. That's all you could say. I mean, there were some moments in this movie where. I mean, I'm not going to say it was like too far or anything, but it's like. Pretty fucking extreme. They you know? pushed the envelope for sure. Yeah. And then this movie. I mean, the end, I won't give away the end of this movie, at least, but you just feel beaten. I was like, what? Beaten like that little kid at the school. Dude, he starts throwing fisticuffs with the little girl. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, he pounded her. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Stop the damn match. Well, it's such like a good setting. Like they're like, don't don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. It's a trap. I was like, what the fuck? It possession movie done right. I think it is Yeah. With the with the scarce we got scarce pickings for horror movies this year. Uh this is number one for me at least. This was easily number one. Yeah, I would say that as well. This girl who I work with, uh Maria, the graphic designer at the Paramount, she also loves horror movies, and she came into 
our office today and was like, I, and I literally just sat down. She was like, I know you're starting your day, but did you see when evil lurks? I'm like, I did. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, everyone should watch this movie because it is a masterclass in fi- like finally good possession movie. Yeah. And some other standout moments when, um, when the demon or whatever you want to call it, um, because this is a, it's not a religious possession movie, which is great. I don't think they mention anything about religion, really. It was kind of more culture driven, like in the uh-huh. like Spanish culture, because the grandma, when uh, she was talking to the kid, telling her like, like, oh, there are rules if you encounter like, uh, what were they calling it? A rotten or? Yeah, I don't know. calling it something. Uh so it seemed like it was something in culture and they were wondering like how this happened and how this town got overrun with these things and oh my god I can't believe this is happening. So yeah, definitely not religious so a whole new take on possession. Okay. Yeah, when the autistic kid gets possessed like his hands are all fucked up. She's Dude. like, "Look, it it takes time for it to figure out the autistic person's brain." Brilliant. And then later in the movie, you see this kid who's been totally nonverbal autistic the entire movie walk into the house casually and have a conversation with his grandmother. That was just like bone chilling, like creepy as shit. Horrifying. Yeah. Because you know there's nothing, anything they're doing is not working and it's not helping their cause to survive this uh, onslaught. Of possession. Yeah, it, it is a very just bleak and hopeless movie. Yeah, very grim. Uh, but I, you gotta, you gotta commend them for doing that, for not ending the movie on a happy. It's not a happy movie. It's not no, a happy movie not. at all. It's you're not gonna skip skip away watching this one. You're gonna be like, whoa. Yeah, uh, that's that's what's so good about it because a lot of movies don't. They give you that light at the end of the tunnel. This is just like. No. Sorry. You fucking tried and you lost. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know what it kind of reminded me of? This might be an odd thing to compare it to. Kind of reminded me of No Country for Old Men. In a way. Yeah. Because I, like I can a, see that. Yeah. A a guy stumbles upon something he wasn't supposed to, and because he did, he's now being chased yeah. by this evil thing <laughs> i mean you could argue that um anton Chigurh from no country for old men replaces silencer shotgun with a knife that's one of the best horror movies of all time yeah, he is relentless in that movie yeah he's with essentially fucking, a horror uh, movie villain what's that thing called with the air pressure riser or whatever oh yeah that shit was well, gnarly the air gun thing yeah but it kind of reminded me of that in the sense that a guy stumbles upon something he wasn't expecting to, and now he's being chased by this unstoppable thing. And in the end, it's kind of a similar ending. Just the lead doesn't die like Josh Brolin. Yeah. But it's it's similar in a way where it's just like, eh, fuck you, that's just the ending. Ho- yeah, just desolate hopelessness. Yeah. Sometimes things don't work out. Exactly. That's life. Yeah. And there's plenty of movies out there that are out there that are hopeful and you know makes you want to better yourself and there are just some movies that this is the life 
that they chose to uh, live, and not everyone gets a happy ending. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. What was possessed in that movie, No Country for Old Men, is Javier Bardem's fucking haircut. It works for that character. It though. was great. It's terrifying. Get that man to a hair salon. Stat. <laughs> Give him a fade. Give him a little broccoli cut. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's busting five? I got this air pressurizer. <laughs> oh, no, no country for old is. bros. <laughs> no country for old bros. No cap for old men. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yo, you got that ketamine? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Somebody should Photoshop the the poster for that movie. No cap for old men. I, I think you should be the one to do it <laughs> with Josh <Dude>. Brolin. <laughs> Brolin, Javier oh. Brodem. <sighs> Anyway. So yeah, what else do you like <laughs> about when evil lurks? Like what were some of your favorite moments? Uh definitely the the little girl getting mauled by the dog and that whole scene it was just very frenetic and climactic. Uh I liked the chemistry between the brothers. I thought they were great. I thought the characters were really good. Favorite moments it would have to be I also love when they went to that uh went to that school and you kind of figured out more what was going on. That was very creepy uh the demon had a lair that was cool yeah i gotta say maybe this is because i've never been a fan of like creepy children in horror movie like oh, it's just a it's just a anytime there's like a kid a little demon kid it's like get the fuck out of here it's a Ooh. it's definitely an overdone trope yeah so maybe that's my my bias but once i got to the school from then on out, maybe it it kind of stumbles a little bit in terms of keeping my attention. It certainly didn't match that same frenetic pace that the first half had. Like yeah. The, the it, second half of the movie was uh, way more just kind of, you know, just slower pace, which is fine. But I almost felt like the ending needed just a little... A little something. Just a bang just to end it with a... Because it know. did. I mean, when they were on the stage and they were trying to, like, do the uh, do the ritual or whatever, that was kind of like... What the fuck was that thing, by the way? That yeah, I device don't know. that she had? Is it like a like a pinball machine or something? Yeah, it was like a wheel, like a wheel at, like, a casino or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but again, they just gave you enough explanation to, like, oh, I guess this is what you do with these things. Uh, yeah, I mean... I was fine with no explanation. I mean, not everything needs an answer. But yeah, I mean, I was fine with the ending. It's an incredibly bleak ending. I mean, the dad finally gives his son his fucking apple ice cream that he's been <laughs> talking about the entire movie. And the kid starts vomiting, vomiting up hair in his grandma's necklace. So we're like, oh, he ate his grandmother. And you see like balls of hair coming out of his mouth and it's just disgusting. Yeah, and that's that's the ending. All the all the uh or the uh the women the woman getting capped with the fucking hammer oh, of being yeah. dragged away. That was Ugh. so brutal. Those, Very children of the corn esque. Just those those thuds of the hammer yeah, hitting the, the oh, skull. Felt so bad. All he had to do was listen. 
Listen to a woman because she was right. She told him not to go get the fucking axe as a trick. It's not there. He went and got locked inside. That's right. Yeah, that did happen. Hmm. I, I love this movie. I, I thought this was a beautiful exercise in trying something different, and it totally worked. I need to watch Terrified still. Oh, another one of my favorite moments, the scene with the goat. Yeah. Like when the, the goat gets possessed. That and... was a great scene. That was great. Whew. And that's on the poster, too. And you're just, I never, I didn't even realize she was holding the axe towards her face. Right. Yeah. But it makes when, total sense because I was like, when she oh, hits okay. when she hits her husband in the, the face in the cheek with the axe. I was like, fuck. And she's giving herself like a seesaw cut. Uh, just goes back and forth with that axe. It and was, it just wouldn't stop. It yeah. was just that dull thought of the axe hitting her face. I was like, can you stop doing that? I'm yeah. about to vomit. It's, the, the first half of the movie, like it kind of didn't let you breathe. And the second one, it's like, all right, let's figure this out. Yeah. And then it's just no hope. So it was a cool trajectory to see that type of story. Highly recommended. I I definitely want to watch it again. I definitely want to watch it again, but much like the first time I saw Hereditary, I was like, oh man, this is going to be like a whole afternoon. I need like some time after the movie because it's not what I don't, I don't want to watch it right before bed. Dude, I've seen Hereditary like six times. Yeah, I know. I I fucking love that movie. Same here. But that first rewatch, it took me a little while to be like, okay, well. Yeah, it's a heavy movie. Yeah, it's very heavy. Yeah, it's just bleak as shit, and I loved it. But did you, uh, speaking of bleak and shit and heavy, did you watch anything else over the past week or two? I know that I have, but I cannot think of it right now yeah you did actually we should probably go ahead and wrap this episode up i got a we're about an hour and a half in yeah yeah uh i, I do finish. recommend uh i've been on a david lynch movie kick and oh yeah wow yeah, what'd you think of lost highway Whew. more of a mind fuck than mulholland drive uh he's just so, i just love his his language of cinema and that sounds so snobby but i just love it he just had like no movie is like a david lynch movie the way the characters move and interact and the dialogue, it's just surreal. And did you see Lost Highway? I saw that when I was like 10 or 11 or something because I had the, I was really hyped for the soundtrack, which had like Nine Inch Nails, Ramstein, Manson, Rammstein, Smashing Pumpkins. So as a young metalhead, I was like, I need this fucking soundtrack. Yeah, that might have been, so, might as well have been a fucking Ozfest sampler. Yeah, and um, so I was like, well, I got to watch the movie. So that was the first time I saw it, and I've only watched it once since then. I, I barely comprehended I it at 34. You should re- rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, I don't know what the fuck yeah, this is. Like, it's just a lot of scenes just happening together. But Mulholland Drive, did you ever see Mulholland Drive? No, I haven't. It's on HBO Max. That one you need to watch. All right. That one is, I was... I don't know. David Lynch, at least with me, has this way of just like fully engaging me. So mm-hmm. he puts you in this world because it's there's no other. He creates worlds that are just so weird and dark, but yet colorful and joyful and mysterious. And it's just incredible. I Hey, here's an idea. 
what if we do a full David Lynch episode? I'm fucking ready. Because there's a lot of these that I haven't seen. And I think it would make for an interesting episode. I'm we down. We just talk about all of them. I'm down. We got, I mean, Eraserhead, Elephant Man, Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway, Inland Empire. Uh, I know there's a bunch of them. Blue Velvet. Yeah. Uh, which you love. I recently just watched that too. Um, oh, Wild <laughs> at Heart is a good one. Nick, Nick Cage and Lord Dern. Well, I got a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we we could pick out like a certain amount, maybe. He doesn't really have that big of a filmography, but they're all they're all pretty uh they're all pretty epic. Uh he's just a weird, weird I don't know I wouldn't suggest Firewalk with me, because you really haven't watched Twin Peaks, right? Haven't finished it. I haven't yeah. finished it, okay. Uh yeah, so I wouldn't suggest doing that. Oh, Dune. <laughs> The original Dune. He directed Dune? The original in 1984, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Never seen that either. Me neither. Haven't seen Dune. Um, it was funny. Uh, he's very he's good friends with uh, Steven Spielberg. And he was in talks to direct a Star Wars movie. And David Lynch ultimately passed on it. Wow. But... Can you imagine that? I don't think it would have been... It's a good thing that he didn't do it. It would have been a fucking acid trip, but a lot of people do not like the original Dune. Uh, I don't think he... It was I, I forgot what he said in the interview, but it just ultimately was a lot of studio decisions. Because uh, you gotta mm. let David Lynch be David Lynch. He's just a, a, an amazing talent when it comes to words and storytelling. Dude, Mulholland Drive, I'm psyched for you to watch it. All right. I've been meaning to check it out for a while. It's hot fire. Spit hot fire. (laughs) Dylan, 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 Dylan. (laughs) I spit hot fire. I rip when I rhyme. I rhyme when I rip. (laughs) You're too close to me, man. This is the way that Dylan spits. And this is how we're ending the episode with (laughs) quoting the Chappelle show. You want some of this hot fire? The best sketch comedy show of all time. I'll say it. There's a case to be made for that, for sure. It's legendary. Well, Doug, I think we should uh, wrap this one up. This was a lot of fun. I think we learned a lot. hope everybody listening learned a thing or two. (laughs) Your local correspondence in the horror world. You really tap into our personal lives. You tap into the movie world. We want you to love everything about us. Hey, we're just having fun here, guys. We're not taking things seriously. Oh, shit. And uh, hey, before you know it, we'll have our second annual Spookies Awards. Coming it's coming, daddy We got to start thinking of some uh, some categories. I have a little just a note section in my phone of any categories, nominees I think of. I'm really excited for the Convenience Factor Award. I think that's going to... That's going to be a fun one. To, I is wanna, Evil I'm... Dead Rise going to sweep the... <laughs> There's a there's a couple cases that can be made. There's a couple of good ones for that category. Are they gonna sweep the spookies? We have. Uh, I'm really excited to see who's gonna win the Melissa Barrera Award this year. The Melissa Barrera Spirit Spirit Award. Award. We got some. We got some good candidates. Yeah, but that'll be in a couple of months. So. Um, yeah, that's that's yes. for the new year. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Um. All right, Doug. Well. Let's go ahead and get on out of here. 
Let's do it, Daddy-O. I'm going to finish cooking, and I don't know why I just told everybody that. I'm going to make a vegan pizza. Hey, all right. My man. Let's keep All right, Doug. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Doug, I love you, my friend. Love you, baby. Catch you guys on the next one.